phone, turn the volume down. Okay. If not, it like bleeds through. <laughs> you come over here and sit. <laughs> I don't know why that's not coming through, but every week, every week it's something. I don't know. It was our theme song didn't come through, so we'll just move on with it. What's it all on? Oh, okay. I got you now. All right, and welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And for some reason, our theme song didn't want to play tonight. Matt was going to sing it, but I just quickly moved on and got us started here on the podcast to save everybody that. Well, the kids at school thought it was you there our first year. Yeah, yeah, because Hartwell, Joe Hartwell told them that that was me rapping the song leading into it and i can't believe they believe that i can't either <laughs> you're, you're just not that cool man no not at all <laughs> i can't argue not even close not even close but matt man it, this is the crazy thing and um i see you know your brother-in-law jonathan rourke's already commented here but uh 100 episodes of throttled up tonight this is the 100th episode i know we talked a little bit last week when we had nikki on that you know it most 80 percent of podcasts die within the first five episodes but i think you would agree when we first decided this when we were next door to each other in the offices there that we didn't really probably see a hundred episodes coming out Honestly, I don't even think we've seen five. I thought, well, we're going to have some fun, and we'll do it till we get bored with it. But for some reason, people like this, man. Yeah, yeah, and 100 episodes in and going strong, man. I mean, I'm excited. Um, you know, next week, uh, just to give everybody a little teaser here, um, we're going to have on the driver that kicked Isaac Rainey out of his late model seat uh, yeah. on the podcast. Also, we'll have Isaac here to talk about that um him getting you know booted out for a new driver there um excited to talk to him and robert so next week we will have that but uh um, he's already adopted the nickname of rowdy rowdy rainy i like it oh i do too i like it it doesn't fit him outside of the car at all but from what does, i see but it does in the car <laughs> but in the car <laughs> but no excited that and again like i said 100 episodes in excited so Matt, I'm gonna turn it over to you, man. This is this is was your show tonight, and uh, I'll be here for support. Well, that ain't too much support, then. <laughs> no, you know tonight we have Brownstown Speedway's new flagger, Rob Rob Wilson on racing. Rob, um, long time racer, been in uh, been at a racetrack, I think, pretty much since birth, haven't you, Rob? 1975. Yeah, so he's been around pretty much watched the evolution of racing how old were you when you started racing i was 18 got my first car i didn't realize you waited that long i had to <laughs> <laughs> what'd you start out in super stock well they called them street, street stocks stock street stocks back then yeah yep yeah. i was in an 81 camaro berlinetta <laughs> <laughs> but i'm gonna ask you this because i this is my own personal thought but as the as the super stock class has kind of come around rob don't you kind of miss them looking like the street stock days of the camaros and the you know the real street oh, yeah. cars 
yeah definitely i mean i still get a kick out of the the burton guy that still has the camaro <laughs> over there I, you know i still get a kick out of that just i get a kick out of it just watching him go around the track i i, I miss that you know everything is becoming not picking on everything has become so you know machined and you mm-hmm. know like a late model um you know i guess i should say manufactured than those old school camaros and things you you turned into race cars i miss that i can remember when late models rolled out and were camaros and novas though well yep Uh, rob can too so you're the the i know i gotta be careful tonight i got two on one yeah Yeah. no no you ain't got two on one i mean it's just (laughs) yeah i mean i can remember going to eldor you know whenever they were just now getting ready to get out of the camaros yeah you know so like that one Camaro rolls out with the pure stocks every once in a while. And I think, man, that, those were late models when I was a kid. And then those were, you know, street stocks. You yeah. Know, and that, now they're a pure stock. That's yeah. why Camaros are so worth so much now. So many of them got ruined at a racetrack somewhere. That's, that, that's why a, we had to go to the aftermarket <laughs> stuff. I mean. You just ran out of cars. Yeah. You know, and that's a great point I don't think a lot of people think about is that you did. You ran out of those old school cars, whether it was you know dirt tracks turning them drag strips you know oh yeah even just guys driving them on the street were hard on a lot of those old camaros so yeah look at the clips coming out of car not, maybe not even the whole car but you know you bend a clip you go get another one out of a junkyard i mean i know they're making aftermarket clips now that you can buy oh yeah i mean it, the chevelles was yeah a, was a big thing that really crushed uh you know put a herd on the chevelles was the racing dirt track racing everybody wanted that that front clip so rob you start out there in the street stock and how long did you run the street stock you started 18 i done that for one year and then um got out of it and went to a to a bomber and then i ran it for a couple years and then i got out of the bomber and i went to north carolina (laughs) yeah that's uh that's one thing maybe not a lot of people know rob worked for uh dave marcus am i correct no morgan morgan shepherd and nascar yeah, I hung out there for a year and lived in Hickory for a little bit, and man, I learned all kinds of stuff. How did that deal come about for you? I just w- just got out of North Vernon and uh, was looking for something else, and just went up there and I visited all kinds of race shops, and I talked to him, and we talked a little bit, and uh, he hired me right on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome, right there. Right? Oh, it That's... was. I mean, I, I mean, it was it was great. But, you know, it's amazing still in racing that that's how a lot of that stuff happens. And I think people don't realize, I mean, when I talked to Chase Briscoe, you know, Briscoe went and he's sweeping floors in North Carolina just to get a shot in a car, in an Arca Series car or something. He just willing to work to, to get a chance. Same kind of deal. You just went up and said, here, oh, I'm yeah. here. I, that, I think a lot of times people think there's all these huge connections. It's just willing to say i'm here to work and let me know what i can do yeah i mean i just i mean i started off in the engine room you know disassembling and cleaning and you know then you know the next week it it took four races for i actually got to go to the races you know my very first one that i got to go was atlanta and that was pretty cool but you know you can only see the front stretch but still you got to do it i mean how many race fans have thought man i'd love to do that and i mean you got to do it i mean uh, as soon as we got there because i rode in the hauler that first time and it, it was what was so weird was the 28 Maco of ernie irvin was on the left side of us and then on the right side of us was mark martin and the win dixie 60 car and oh, i kept looking out was, the left side because ernie swerved right over and clipped <laughs> <it. laughs> 
<laughs> well, Morgan was in the middle of him, you know, so. <laughs> so. Hell, Swerving Irvin, man. <laughs> yeah, the only way he would have hit Morgan is if he was lapping him. <laughs> I didn't say he was the greatest, but, you know, I mean, hey, I got hey, my foot in the door and I was there, you know. Yeah. I mean? did, did Morgan uh, roller skate around the, the shop? Yes, he did. I yes, know he's he, a big roller skater. Very talented on roller skates. Very talented. I seen him one time. I was probably fifteen or sixteen up at uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park, and he roller skated all the way around the racetrack. Oh yeah, the races and uh, we should have put some of them roller skates on the race car. <laughs> I was gonna say, was he faster on those? And uh, he was pretty good on that. Not so much on the setups, you know. Sometimes when we went to tracks, but he was a great guy to work for, though. I mean, he was. It was great. I got to meet a lot of people, you know, Dale Earnhardt Senior. I mean, it was just, it was great. I mean, yeah, as a, as a as a race fan and yeah. somebody that grew up, that had to be. And, and even in those situations, like, and you let into it saying you learned a ton down there, you're still going to learn. I mean, it's not, yeah. I mean, you you can learn from those situations. You don't have to run up front to learn. And sometimes when you're struggling and trying to figure things out, you learn more than you do when yeah. everything's running well. Exactly. If you don't ask questions, you're not learning. And, and I can tell you this, even to this day right now, if you set out, for three to six months and you don't stay up to date on things i mean that's just how quick you can get behind on racing i mean it's they're always coming out with something all the time wow and i you know and that's i think that's a great point too when you talk about you know we we've said it these young guys that get in and having to you know figure out who to trust and who you talk to it who's got the driving style like you but like you said if you're not staying up on the times you may get advice that was 10 oh, years ago. Yeah. I mean, if you're not up to date, you don't know. I mean, you know, what's going to make you loose, what's going to make you tight. You know I mean? It's, it's just critical, you know I mean? And you got now, you know, these kids nowadays, they get on these computers and, and do their setups on that. And I'm telling you, these kids learn a lot, you know, oh, yeah. from on those, the simulation and everything on it. I, I've not learned much i ain't yeah. either because i get aggravated and i throw the steering wheel I'm, I'm like you know hey this this shit ain't like being in a real car that's my what boy, we say too that's our excuse yeah, yeah i've never been in a real real car either but i think it'd be a lot better yeah my boy he just well, we were racing sprint cars up there one night i got so mad you know i set his car up and, you know because i was out running and then i set his car up and then, you know i mean he just kicked my butt you know and i was so mad i threw the steering wheel i fell going down the stairs it was terrible <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not very good i'm usually i usually can run consistent for a while but then when i really want to try and go make a move i usually screw up and wreck somebody mm -hmm. and that's when i get called a lot of names and all i can say is yeah i yeah i wrecked you i don't know what else to say on that it don't cost money that's though. what that's you know yeah. and i get people get frustrated but i'm like dude you were running fifth i was trying to pass you for fifth yeah like but it ain't like he's got to go buy sheet no metal you're good it. man hit, hit, hit reset and go yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so you stayed in there only one year rob i actually i didn't stay for a whole year i uh i think i come back it was right after see that was in 94 that was the annual of the brickyard i believe that year first wasn't that the first year of the brickyard I, I believe it was yeah 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 because yeah. i think jeff gordon ended up winning his mm -hmm. rookie year yeah uh, after that race because i was in indiana and i'd already brought my toolbox and all my stuff home and i just stayed home so you kind of anticipated staying home when you were coming up for the brickyard then yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, I'm just. You tried yeah. it and. Yeah. Yeah, and like I say, you know, I mean, I liked it, but man, I tell you what, them guys, it's, while I was even there, it was daylight dark, you know, I mean, it was just a nonstop, it is a full-time job, and I pity them guys that's got kids and trying to raise them, because it's, it's a lot of work. Pretty much a single guy's job, isn't it? Absolutely, and you know, and the the coolest thing was, you know, even on that deal there, you know, I got to go to, had to go pick up some parts from the Wood Brothers, you know, because Morgan was driving for them at the time. You know, the year before he had won, it was called a Pure Later 500, and he had won that race. He was defending champion, and I got to go up to pick up some shocks and all that. You know, for the Bush car. You know, they were running, you know, V6s then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the V6s, and I got to meet Leonard and Glenn and all them up there at the race shop. And I will tell you what, that Leonard, he is once he was a smart cookie. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, just tremendous people up there too. I mean, it's just a wonder, you know, that they they do so good. Well, he's an innovator in all kinds of racing. You know, he figured out the uh, the fuel dump in the Indy cars. You know, in the '60s, he figured that out. So yeah, he, I mean, he was just a self engineer, uh, and he was great. Wow, and that's just again, you go back to the history. You know, I know that a lot of people that are maybe you know kind of race fans. When you say Dale Senior, obviously pick up. But the Wood Brothers, I put right there with Dale Sr. As an institution in racing and what they've done, and what, like you said, the innovation they brought to the sport, that's almost as amazing to me as anybody else you could have met is to get to go up there and be around the Wood Brothers race shop. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the Wood Brothers have been there, I think, pretty close since NASCAR started. Oh, yeah. Since it was yeah. established. Yeah. So, th- so then you come home in 94, you go right back to racing? me actually me and my wife we went to scottsburg we watched a race and uh mark bruce had a race car for sale we walked down in the pits and she said well you like that and i said yeah she says all right tell him we'll buy it we'll be over there tomorrow to pick it up so he ran it that night and he won the race and we went sunday and went and picked it up we bought it <laughs> i'm telling you and this is where you come back <laughs> this is every former driver's story like ah, i was done not racing anymore when i just went to watch one night i was just gonna go watch bought a race car the same night like that is every former yeah, driver yeah. how they end up back in it <laughs> it's it's hard you know when you get out of it and to go and watch but you oh, know i can't I mean? imagine i'm comfortable with it now you know i just go and just work a track you know i make money instead of spending money now so that's a whole lot <laughs> yeah. you figured out the the right way to, to <laughs> make money in race <laughs> exactly I, you know i don't have to get barred or no fights or nothing <laughs> yeah it's um it's an amazing deal the you know the addiction that racing can be you know the that the the money we put into it the hobby that it is and that it doesn't matter i mean you will give everything you've got to be able to go and do it again you're absolutely right but that's an addiction on a whole lot of levels i mean even as fans you you become addicted 100 percent. you know last weekend i went friday saturday and sunday to a racetrack you know and, and ready to go again so it's you know it, it you know i was like rob you know i started real young and it's just that's just a part of life is saturday night you found a racetrack to go to and I was, you know, I'm like him. I found a place where I can go to the racetrack and make money instead of paying, you know, front gate fee. I just go and work now. 
Yeah, I'm just breaking even. I'm still looking for the make money part. <laughs> I'm bra- barely breaking even. So you're not you're not broke, but you're badly bent, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, they de- they do need a flagman over there for the fun fest. <laughs> yeah. He he won't be awake. <laughs> No, oh. I'll be in the I'll be in that trailer outside, yeah. Uh, yeah. saying I'm producing a, a live broadcast. Yeah, yeah. we know yeah. how that works. Can't flag from the camper. <laughs> yeah, you don't want me in the flag stand. You don't want me producing a music episode either. Nah, well, that was that was way too late tonight. We shouldn't even have been doing that. Yeah, it was it was past curfew. Yeah, we should have been should have been shut down. I didn't think there was a curfew at a racetrack. Well, especially if you're in a camper. There, well, well, that night it was self imposed. <laughs> I know me and Matt, we never had a curfew. Yeah, we well, we didn't. went to the racetrack. Well, others <laughs> stayed up longer, but me and Rob always discussed laying down when the sun started coming up. Yeah, I didn't have much choice. <laughs> I was going to lay down somewhere. I'm just glad I made it to the camper. That almond bite bit you. It come at me hard. <laughs> it come at me real hard. I don't really know if it was the almond bite or the, the fire that, that came out of the fireball, but mm-hmm. it was a rough night. Or a combination. It could be. So so you come back, you buy this race car at Scottsburg. How long are you in that car? Uh, Finish that season out and uh actually we went back over to scottsburg and uh finished second that night the first night out in it and then uh run at vernon and brownstown some finish out the season and then redone the car in 95 and actually i won my first feature at brownstown in 95 what's it like you know and i we obviously talked. Tyler Collins picked up his first feature win at Brownstown Saturday night. What's it like getting that first feature win at Brownstown? Uh, I mean, it's that one I'll never forget. And, you know, I mean, I, I've gave a lot of my trophies away to sponsors and all that. But, you know, that trophy right there, I, I still got it. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's pretty special. And, you know, I'll tell you what, the deal with Tyler right there, because, you know, I'm i started working at the racetrack when i was 13 years old for tyler's grandpa for ted collins i was 13 years old working at the racetrack and just to be a flagman and to see tyler win and me throw the checkered flags at that deal i mean it was that was a a great feeling right there well it's it i know that you know we've been doing a thing wheelman wednesday on on facebook and shouting out a driver and obviously i had to go with tyler this week i mean not that he didn't deserve it any other week but the picture that mark schaefer caught of him getting out of the car i don't know if there's a better picture of pure emotion that and and your interview with him at in victory lane i know ryan put back out on dirt to media just unbelievable how excited he was and and again shout out to tyler man that that's a a heck of a heck of a drive heck of a win i'm gonna echo what rob said because you know, I used to go to the races with the Collins. You know, when Tory raced back in the '90s, you know, I, I would go crew for for Tory, and you know, Tyler was the kid in diapers that just annoyed the hell out of you <laughs> when you was in the garage trying to work on the race. I mean, he really, he really was. He was just, you know, Tyler, get out of the way, get out of the way. Well, he's not in diapers, but he can still annoy the hell out of you. <laughs> I just wish somebody give him t-shirts that would cover his nipples up. That's the only thing, you know. Well, it's tough when you got more. <laughs> (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> makes makes yeah. it rough on a guy. Well, uh, you had to hear what Tyler said too. You know, he said, "Hey, his his girlfriend didn't make it, and he wanted to feature." And I, I think his words was, "Well, I guess she can just start staying home if this is what it's going to be. <laughs> if, if I can still win." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to know where your priorities are man that's uh exactly hey my, my wife wasn't there the very first time i won my feature over at 95 that's about the only race that she ever missed and it was my first win but she she's been to all the other ones you know that i've won and i said this about tyler too in the thing today and i i, I do think it holds true you know he's been following that american crate all-star yeah. series and and I, I think he would agree that there's been some struggles in that and and that's a huge transition from going from the tracks that he ran around here to seeing some of those Eastern Tennessee tracks and, and the difference in the banking and how wide they are and the inside wall. And well, I, think, I think you've seen different driving styles also. Absolutely. I think that has really paid dividends on him being able to come back and race. And, and again, shout out to him. Um, but he did say today that we needed to stop talking about it or else his helmet wouldn't fit, which going back to your point – I did say if you didn't buy everything in a schmedium, yeah. you'd be able to grow into some things. But uh, which Skylar Lewis did just comment and say, "Would someone please get him a shirt that fits?" And Skylar, we're cry- <laughs> we're trying, man, we're trying. But every time I offer him a T-shirt, he wants a a, a youth large, and yeah. I. Probably I can't with help. a pair of scissors too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't say nothing about the scissors part. I cut about every T-shirt I own, but but uh, no, I, a huge shout out to Tyler, man. That's awesome. And again, you know, I. I I've never had that feeling, but knowing what Brownstown Speedway is and, and getting to see him celebrate that, uh, you know, even though I only got to see it through the video, very, very cool stuff. So big me, shout out to Tyler. Me being the interviewer, though, I had that same like energy from the first time Aubrey mounts. Egan at the time she won, though, that was both, you know, that was that uh, that same energy that was going on down there in Victory Lane. Yeah, it, just a cool deal, man, to see that. And, you know, again, I said it in that post, but the the generational, like you said, you know, from Ted and you know, you know Tori and Trent, Tori and Trent, and the whole Collins family, and what all of the racing in this area has meant to them. To see them pick up that win is just huge. And you know, that last caution come out, and he went to the top of the racetrack, and from his driving style up to that point, and then the, at the end, it, it was two, two totally different driving styles. Like he like he made himself determined that he's going to go to the top of the racetrack and do what he did and I mean you know the, it looked to me like the driving style changed. And that I, car that car was straight coming off the turn when he went to the top. Yes, I don't get to watch a whole lot from the flag stand because you you know you, you constantly got to keep an eye on everything. But I did notice when he was coming out of the turns at me, that car was straight as an arrow and he was hooked and going. Yeah, and you know and with him going on them races, that's called learning. <laughs> and i guarantee you that's that's what has helped him and he even said it in his interview he's learned yeah and, and that's exactly right because i think you know going with that acas deal he has to try things because when you've never been to volunteer speedway before you got to figure it out i think sometimes guys that only stay at their local track and i not picking on anybody that does that you get comfortable with the setup. You won't take a swing at something because, or you won't totally change and go to the high side when you know the low side or the the bottom. Because what will that mean? That I don't. The risk is is greater than the reward. But I think for Tyler, when you started to do some of that stuff, heck, let's go see what it can do here too. And I again, I think it's been a huge thing for him. And that whole family 
it's just a great great family that he comes from there you know like, like rob said you know ted and then trent and tory and you know and now tyler that's just all great and they all bleed dirt racing man you know grandma sue you know she's right there with them and and you know all of them so it's great great family super awesome all right so rob we'll go back to you now he said we got off on that from from the uh your first brown sound win but but so obviously you continue racing when did you finally decide i am done i'm not going to do this anymore because uh, you told me you were comfortable now but i'm i'm wondering is there still a niche there somewhere oh hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i got in a modified last year down there at vernon just to run some laps down there you know and i was man I, I mean that just come right back to me just real quick I was, I was like you know after about six seven laps in there I, I pulled in and said i better get out of this i'm liking this too much <laughs> yeah i mean you know i mean and i did but you know i mean if, if somebody ever asked me to drive i mean i've had a couple opportunities but you know i've just declined and passed but you know even after i sold all my stuff i drove a car you know almost won the icebreaker again and uh but april got her emmy on the last lap and you know hey that was a great one for her too you know when april didn't one you know oh yeah i mean that was great and you know they's like you know you got beat by a girl i said yeah but she got up there on the high side before i could get up there i said that that was a smart move on her part no i mean they don't bother me one bit no yeah. but it don't matter she's a driver that's exactly. right <laughs> that's exactly a, you, you, you can't tell nothing on anybody when they're under that helmet it don't matter if it's a man or a woman you know they're a driver when they're in that seat yeah. well and it goes back you talked about aubrey egan aubrey mounts now but you know that was the whole thing and i'm not throwing anybody else under the bus was in that class there are a lot of guys in that class that i'd be a lot more embarrassed by getting beat by than aubrey mounts when she was running because and it showed that year when you got guys like Heyman and colton sullivan and some of these others that are saying man she's coming and she's gonna win yeah everybody we interviewed before she did win they's like you know she's getting ready to win yeah that that's there is no embarrassment in having a driver outrun you i don't care i don't care male female if they if they can wheel they can wheel yeah i mean she pitted right next to me i mean she was changing her own tires and everything i mean you know i mean she worked on that car and like you said she made the move at the right time and got there before you could she beat me before i could get to the high side and she passed me you know on the white flag lap and she held her line and i couldn't get her i stuck on the bottom now the significance of you flagging i don't know if dustin knows this or not this goes back to your, your dad flagged yeah so yeah. you know that's uh rob's yeah. a, rob's a second generation flagger so I, I think that's pretty awesome yeah i watched my dad flag for years and years and years and he he done a little bit of everything at a racetrack too you know and you know just like i have I, there there's nothing that i haven't done at a racetrack except for score keep and i just i won't do that what well, dustin tried once <laughs> it's a pain in the butt it, it is i i think he got three laps in and said he'd had enough yeah, yeah. jamie schaefer called me up there one day and she goes hey you know in case i'm ever not here i want you to sit down and do this and i started going through it and i think it was like a hornet heat race or yeah. something and i got about halfway through it and i said i ain't doing this you find somebody else that'll come up here i don't well, even shit, care what you're offering <laughs> yeah why don't yeah. you do sprint cars or uh, i had no oh, yeah. interest no yeah. interest <laughs> trying to keep all that stuff straight yeah, so he under, he knows why you don't want to do it that's no nah, uh, i had no interest it i do a lot of other things but i don't want to mess with that yeah i mean i i've done 
everything there you could possibly do you know which i mean i helped my dad promote you know whenever he was a promoter at vernon he done that for two years and i helped him and like say there ain't nothing really i haven't done at a racetrack work on it or even racing so out of all of it i'm going to take driving out because i'm going to, i'm sure that driving is going to be your number one what is your favorite job though at the racetrack actually right now to fill my dad's shoes like he was flagging right now really that's awesome yep that Always. is awesome yeah my dad was still alive the first time i ever flagged and it was uh it was actually still have a tampa done one yep. of them i done a indiana sprint week at vernon have a tampa's back when essex was a promoter oh i've got to have a tampa race i think right over there in that budweiser box actually yeah yeah essex uh when we did some throwback races with yeah. essex he brought some have a tampa stuff down so yeah we yeah. got some old have a tampa stuff hey, you never know I'm you might be the flag on there. you might be you <laughs> might be <laughs> yeah i got some some over there somewhere we'll have to, we'll have to pull out some time oh, to yeah. look at but so i want to ask this about being a flagman because i think that to me outside of scorekeeping because when you're up there you actually see what's going on nobody in the stands does to me being a flagman is just about as chaotic and hectic of a position is it that bad i I, well see i mean i've been around it all my life watched my dad so i mean to me you know i mean i guess just kind of natural that come to me and you know i mean i don't have a problem with anything up there i mean i'm just i'm comfortable at least i think I am. oh yeah you look comfortable they seem to be comfortable with me and i'm comfortable with it and um you know i mean sometimes you lose a little you know laps you know you're trying to keep it in your head but you're trying to watch and then you know if everybody don't get scored a lap you know with these transponders now because see back when i flagged there wasn't no transponders you was lucky to even have a radio up there in the flag stand. <laughs> you were you were the guy exactly <laughs> you were the guy yeah. yeah i mean it's come a long way now you know i mean compared to what it used to be but yeah i mean i i mean yeah i'm comfortable with it and i know when i go to the, you know do the drivers meetings they all brag about how much better they can see the flags that they watch you know they see you know everything that he's showing them and and stuff like that so i think that's important that the drivers are comfortable with that also oh i agree 100 percent. yeah agree 100%. i had some call me and then you know told me that they wanted me to stay over you know i mean you know i got 72 inch span right here you, know, <laughs> yeah, you, can get it, you can get it out there <laughs> yeah and you know and i ordered brand new flags and then you know just i even ordered a new layover flag so they'd see it i ordered a bigger one <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed to work it does seem, yeah it's gotten better so is it is it big enough it drive drags down and touches the car so they know <laughs> well yeah, let's yeah. just hope i don't follow the flag thing for that to happen <laughs> he, he you know he has uh when they go underneath the flag stand he gets a little nervous with that right there you know when they drop off the front the front stretch banking there and they go underneath him yeah i about shit myself with mike marler <laughs> in the summer nationals i was mm-hmm. there that night yeah yeah yeah, that one was that yeah, one was ain't pretty nowhere wild. to run. No, you can't get out of it. <laughs> no, that one was that one was pretty wild. That's yeah. about that's about like were you in the infield with me the night when Mark Schaefer was standing? I think Bobby Bowling was there. It was when, Bobby, not me. Yeah, and the Crown Vic came and went right on the inside wall, and Mark had been leaning up on that inside wall because we we're waiting for the ending. Oh my gosh, that was way too close for comfort. <laughs> So, yeah, but when Marler went down there, that was hectic. I was leaning on 
the backstretch wall one time watching a modified race and I had like put my head down to spit once and while my head was down I felt the wall vibrate and when I raised my head up I was looking at the underside of a modified that was up on the wall oh my god it happens quick yeah I mean I I had just looked down spit and was coming back up and the modified was rolling down the wall in front of me there so yeah it was that's pretty sketchy right there which I got to give some some love and a shout out here to Bobby Bowling because again we were at Salem Speedway doing the the broadcast on Saturday night and they had a burnout competition. Bobby, man, he held in better than anybody I've ever seen. He had rubber flying at him, tires popping, cars coming at him. He just held right in and kept on recording. So shout out to old Bobby. There was gravel gravel flying and rubber squealing, huh? <laughs> yes <laughs> so but a little shout out to, to bobby there yeah i don't know that was charlie daniels i don't know if yeah, you knew, I that, knew or, that okay i didn't know that thank you i'm just glad you guys were talking about cars when you said rubber flying <laughs> well they were in salem <laughs> yeah that's why i said that <laughs> anyway (laughs) (laughs) gotta throw the yellow flag on that yeah we'll Um, we'll move on (laughs) so rob as you as you've taken over this this gig at the flag stand you know what are some things going forward you're looking forward to i mean we got the hall of fame race coming up we still got the jackson coming up you know we've got some paul crockett memorial paul crockett memorial this weekend some big ones what what are some things you're excited about i just uh, getting some bigger guys in there you know for the shows and you know just seeing how comfortable they are you know with me flagging and just making sure they can you know see all the flags real good jackson coming up that'll be the friday night and saturday night of that weekend so yeah i've already took off work for that <laughs> i need to put my days in yeah me too <laughs> yeah i mean I, he, he, I where i work you know it's a pretty important job so you know i'm at tonka I drive a dump truck. <laughs> <I'm a donkey. laughs> yeah. Yeah, big yellow one. Ah, nah, this one here got repainted. It's red now. <laughs> it's red now. <laughs> so go, let's go back a little bit to driving because I, I should ask this, but in all your time driving, what was your favorite track that you got a chance to run at? Uh, actually, I liked all of them. Uh, Bloomington was of a more of a challenge than anything you know because they always had a cushion over there a big cushion yeah and you know you really had to watch about hitting that cushion over there you know because i hit it a few times and i i bit some right rims you know some right rears on there and it's a that was kind of a challenge there but you know paragon was always fun you know i won over there some well you raced scottsburg in the heyday of scottsburg man oh yeah 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 that was there ain't too many of the fairground tracks that i didn't win out of a lot of these small fairground tracks that i went to you know i got booed some you know because they always thought i was cheating but you're not cheating unless you get caught <laughs> well absolutely everybody cheats yeah i got yeah. caught at brownstown once and if you ain't cheating you're not trying <laughs> that's exactly right hey i do want to say that steve peden here uh gave a shout out to you matt for coming down to ponderosa last friday he said that you told him i couldn't get out of bed and come but uh yeah yeah but steve i was actually at work so that's what he told everybody yeah 
unfortunately he has a couch in his office <laughs> yeah I, w- <laughs> I wish that's what i was doing but no uh but no i wish i could have came down but yeah matt got to go down and watch peden and, and zach burton at ponderosa on friday and you know shout out to you guys steve and we're excited to um see you guys back at brownstown here soon so i'll tell you what when you drive down there i don't know how steve felt but uh when i turned off the roadway i thought i was pulling to somebody's residence because there's a house sitting at the entrance of the racetrack and you cannot see the racetrack and it's like we're lost you know map quest sent us to the wrong location and then you drive past the house and down a hill and then the racetrack pops out of the woods there so but i really thought i was turning in the wrong place <laughs> <laughs> do you go to the restroom in the house is that they open it up no, they, or? they got a restroom down there oh, okay. but i'm gonna tell you something funny about that and it was kind of <laughs> odd to me man i go i go to the bathroom down there and there's a line in the men's come out of the men's restroom but you never see a line out of the men's restroom and some guy walks out and he said that trough is empty nobody used it they was all standing in line waiting to use the one single toilet in there and i thought man i ain't shy i'll go use that trough but none of them use the trough down the wall uh, really yeah that was just an odd thing for me one of the best ones ever there's an old football coach i coached with we were in kentucky for a, a seven on seven tournament and he walked in ahead of me and i'm coming in a little later and he's peeing in the trough and this old man comes around the corner and he goes boy you ain't from here are you <laughs> and my buddy goes no i'm not i'm from evansville and he goes well how you know he goes because you're peeing in the sink <laughs> their trough was the sink to wash your hands <laughs> and he rolled up and started peeing when you walked around the corner there were full urinals on the wall <laughs> he walked right in and started peeing that old man wanted to wash his hands because <laughs> you're peeing in the sink <laughs> i just walked on around with dumbass and just walked on around and used the urinal but i actually used the urinal trough i seen the sink on the wall so one, I, one of the best <laughs> you're peeing in the sink <laughs> that sounds like something rodney reynolds would do yes it does man like, oh where we come from those are usually the urinals but you yeah. can wash your hands too so yeah but uh yeah steve and, and zach both gave a great showing uh devin gilpin was down there at ponderosa also and 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 did a good showing down there so shout out to all three of those guys so you know glad to see them you know stretch their legs and get out and try some other things and they went on to uh steve and zach went on florence. to florence um i believe steve finished third at florence i never heard where zach finished but i think steve got third at florence there so they had a pretty good weekend absolutely absolutely so and this weekend you said already paul crockett memorial super late models indiana pro late models uh super stocks modifieds and hornets what we'll have on hand which will be one heck of a show yes weather permitting weather permitting yeah. of course yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah it's not looking real good and it, you know it almost worries me more to see like a 30 or 40 percent chance than an 80 percent chance like i i don't know why but if it's 80 percent it seems like more times it can be 80 percent and i don't know if it's because i get my hopes up if it's going to be a rain out yeah. or i'm like ah there's no way and we'll race at 30 percent i'm like it, it'll hit us all 30 percent is right over jackson county it yes. seems like yeah was well, a couple weeks ago i just assume though that we get called at 10 in the morning because once i get to the racetrack i'm all excited to race yes you know and it's like i'm here let's do this and i don't know because that deal at summer nationals i'll still never understand how (laughs) i have no clue who jim prayed to or paid off or what 
but it poured every other area of Jackson County except for Brownstown Speedway. Oh, I know on my way over the track, I was I was going up Crane Hill, and I mean, it cut loose, and I thought, we're done. There's <laughs> no way. And I come into the town of Brownstown, and it was dry as a bone. I thought, how did this happen? Yeah, Britton yeah. Gutsy sent me pictures from the grandstand. He's like, hey, it ain't rained here. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, I pulled into the racetrack, and Jim was driving the water truck around. I'm like, this is unreal, man. <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully that we'll get a situation like that this saturday night too well, uh, yeah you can hope it's always a good one it's always a good race so it's who's defending winner who won last year oh put me on the spot i believe it was devon but i might be wrong was it devon hang on a minute let me see if i can look okay let's say i didn't remember off the top of my head either yeah I, you can keep I talking while i'm looking though i'm oh okay you're looking yeah. i was looking too so i'll say this rob you talked about you gave away a lot of trophies and you you know but you kept that first greg johnson the wild thing is defending oh greg johnson that's interesting uh, we got 2013 dustin livell 2014 jeremy hines 15 and 16 cody mahoney 17 hudson o'neill 18 devin gilpin and 19 greg johnson so pretty good names on that absolutely and some guys that'll be back again yes for a chance to repeat obviously that first win at brownstown was really big to you rob what's what was another just big win that you you cherished and you remember um it really wasn't a i didn't win but probably one of the, my favorite races was my cousin got into racing chris and we built him a car he'd bought one and he run it a little bit and then the next year we went through and redone it and then my uncle built you know he built a brand new car then too and we was going over for the Bomber Nationals, and I ran his car, and then, you know, to race against my cousin, you know, that car was fast. And I don't know, between me and him and Bub Cummins, it was a, uh, you couldn't throw a sheet over us, but he ended up getting around me. But, I mean, I, that was pretty cool, you know, right there to to go out there and, and race with him. And But as far as wind standing out, I mean, well, I can say one win stood out real good, you know, in 1996, the very first Fun Fest there was at Vernon. Uh, won the fastest 10 down there. That's when it was the Bombers. And man, there were some heavy hitters in there, and <laughs> I won it, you know. And uh, that that was a pretty special race there, too. Rob's participated in the Halloween 200 at Salem, the big Salem. Yeah. 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 He's, he's racing. He's in the first one down there, weren't uh, you? well no the very oh. first one that I'd ever run there was 121 cars and of course yeah. i missed i missed the driver's meeting so you know what happens on that deal like, <laughs> no matter what number you draw so here i was on the tail end of that thing and with the with 121 cars with the leader on your back bumper oh, or yeah. in a whole yeah. lot of room yeah it wasn't even three laps and they were on yes. that. Yeah, i think they started you guys three wide, three wide. yeah that's three what wide. i thought yeah yeah those were the days with that halloween 200 when it was just we, there was no cautions whenever i first went there yeah. it was either red flag green, green flag. white and checkered and what the driver's door had to be facing traffic where a bumper had to fall off that was the only way you got a red flag yeah so if you broke going straight down the front stretch you sat there and let them keep driving by you it's wild that's, that's. Uh, it, it was i tell you it's um that track is you better respect that track that's that's for sure you know don radenball that's the the announcer down there now you know he spent 20 plus years with arca and and following them and and he he said that the other day you know off air talking to us he said you know he goes 
people make a huge deal out of Bristol. He said, and I'm not, I'm not belittling Bristol. He said, it's an unbelievable track, but he said, you want to talk about difficulty level? He said, Salem is much more difficult because he said, Bristol is smooth. You can drive Bristol. He said, if you don't respect Salem, Salem will eat you. He said, oh. it is rough. You've got to be on the wheel. He said, it is, it is a, you're on constantly on the edge at Salem. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, one, turn one and two is just totally different than three and four. Yes. I mean, you're literally right up on the wall in three and four. And yeah. one and two, you can't. No, no. <laughs> if, if you do, I mean, you're actually into the wall. Yeah, you're you're riding around it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It definitely, that's what they call the marbles. If you get up out of that groove down there in one and two. Yeah, it it is a, it's it's a really you know that is one of the cooler you know historical tracks mm-hmm. around here. You know, for all the dirt racing history we have, that Salem Speedway is just an amazing location well it's amazing all the the names the famous yes. names that have come out of that racetrack that yeah, you know Daryl waltrip and i mean kenny wallace you know ken schrader i mean there's been jeff several. gordon yeah you know i mean <coughs> and you know we, we lost him down there but you know rich vogler exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you go back through you know in the time when the indy 500 was still where local guys could mm-hmm. go and you know build a car and go race the 500 that was the that's where they got their start before you know the 500 yeah. i mean that was where they cut their teeth um to say oh yeah it, so the names down there the history is just unbelievable and um you know and I, I do want to give a big shout out you know what don is doing down there and bill nicely the new promoter down there man they're doing a heck of a job doing a lot of really cool stuff bringing people back in the stands had a heck of a crowd um but on they, they, they practice social distancing they did they did yes um and i'll just say this for anybody that you know the next time it's coming up i'd have to look at the schedule when it is but dollar beer nights down there 16 ounce cans dollar a piece um so there are a lot of people having a real good time saturday night um down there and heck of a race uh big shout out chucky barnes jr wins it again um brian bear led the whole way and i'm telling you what those two battled for first and second for 75 laps it was one of the best races I've seen, and Chucky Barnes gets him at the end and um, ends up with the win. And it was a heck of a race, you know, just a, a really good night. So uh, I didn't want to give a shout out. Jared Bailey winning in the modified this weekend, by the way. Yeah, you told me that Jared picked up the win in the modified. And he did a, did a great job. I mean, he had Derek Groomer and Jacoby Hines running second and third. And they, those two guys probably did a slide job about every half lap on each other around there i mean that was probably one of the better modified races i've watched in years right there that's awesome that is awesome so looking ahead too, um obviously paul crockett but we got the hall of fame race coming up as well um defending champion of the hall of fame gilpin i believe so but let me check i believe so I'm, as I'm, well i'm gonna be wrong if i just say that hall of fame classic mike marler marler won it last year yep 2019 mike marler really i didn't realize that yep that's a who's who there mike jewel won at 0506 dennis herb jr in 07 don o'neill 0809 then greg johnson in 10 kent robinson 11 dustin Linville in 12 jewel in 13 jeremy hines 14 15 cody mahoney 16 tanner english 17 billy moyer jr 18 and mike marler 19 so pretty good sized names out of that one i did not realize marler won that last year yeah 
And that would have been... Would that have been... When was the truck race at Eldora last year? It... Well, he came over right after I think it was that. Right that may have been that. the whole thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. That was the whole uh, marathon controversy with Yeah, NASCAR. they wouldn't let him have marathon on his car over there. So, But he wore his driving suit with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they couldn't help but interview him. <laughs> so, so, Rob, you know, in all the things that you've obviously done, you know, and, and you said scoring's the only thing. Is there anything left in racing? I know you're loving what you're doing with flagging, but that you say outside of driving that I I'd want to do that. Oh, you know, I mean, I I still get a kick out of helping people, you know, just to to reminisce and and try to stay up on things, you know. I mean, I don't want to get too far out of it where in case my boy was to ever do want to race, you know, I mean, I don't want to be out in back 40 and not know what's going on, but I I try to stay up to date on things, but no, I mean I'm I'm pretty happy. I don't see myself ever going back into racing, unless my daughter over here. She's the way she drives. She's wanting a race car, so I don't know. <laughs> That's why I heard. I heard um, you know rally racing. She might be you know road course type stuff. She might be the the next big thing. Yeah, well I don't know. You know if we do get one, we're gonna have to put a sun visor in it with a mirror in it. You know because they you know how the women are. They always got to look in the mirror to you know before they take off and go or anything. I was gonna say you guys needed a big brake sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) They got to do their hair, their makeup. You know, eat breakfast. Uh, that should be that should honestly be a racing event like that should be the powder puff is they should have to do their makeup while they race through a mirror and then well then jason Heyman would never have a chance of winning it (laughs) that's right yeah 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 Heyman's got no shot no (laughs) none just give him a pick so he can pick that blonde hair out (laughs) yeah all right matt what else you got I don't know. This good racing all uh, all weekend. We went down to uh, Sunday Lawrenceburg, watched them push and flips. That was a, that was a decent race there. You know, I'll I, I thought of you. You know, I'm, and you know everybody that that knows me, seen me, asked me why I was there because it was not a late model race. That's what amazes me is, you know, I've been painted in the you know the corner of being the late model guy that they're surprised when i show up at a, at a sprint car race well it's because most of the time we have open wheel guys on you have the open wheel flu or we had dave darlin on and you refused to talk to him the whole time that he was on that's because you muted, you muted my microphone like you did before the show tonight well you can claim that but dave was very offended that you wouldn't even talk to him yeah. but um <laughs> i do well, why, I, do you, why do you lie <laughs> because it's more fun that way uh truth's not any fun but going back and i want to ask you this because over at lawrenceburg i saw a lot of people talking about and obviously it's been controversial that the new lawrenceburg setup and what it was you know years ago not even that long ago but do you like the new lawrenceburg setup or is are you a negative on the way they've got it okay you know, we, we never go negative on this show, ever. I think there's a whole lot of racetrack at Lawrenceburg that doesn't get used with the setup. Mm-hmm. No one uses it, unless it, they just happen to get out of control and they end up up there. But, you know, the top of the racetrack it, in the corners is never going to be a race groove, you know, and 
It's almost just like they gave him extra room. And me personally, me and Rob talked about this on the way home. I was kind of disappointed for that being a sprint week race of how rough turn one was because that you cannot make any attempts on, on passing in that corner. The, the, that corner was so rough that they lost one whole corner to try to make a move on. I mean, I, that's what I think. I might be totally wrong, and everybody else there might have seen something different, but that, that's what I felt sitting there watching the race. Oh, no, they were bicycle. I mean, they were having to – even to try to make a move, I mean, as soon as they'd bicycle, I mean, they were having to hit the brakes and turn into it to keep from flipping over. And if you're only worried about holding on to the car there, you can't set something up and, and be aggressive. So then, it. you know, every racing move came down the back stretch into three and four. So you, you, you lost half the racetrack on, you know, it was let's hold on through one and get set up out of two to race the back stretch and, and then work three and four. And a lot of times that can cause even more wrecks, more caution. <laughs> because that's because that's when you got to go, man. That's yeah. I got. I. I'm a lap down again if I don't if I don't make this move right here, but I don't disagree. I, I that's the thing when you walk up to it and don't get me wrong, what they've done with the facilities and yes. that kind of stuff is unbelievable. It's impressive. Oh yeah, looks great, but there's a whole lot of racetrack there that doesn't get raced on. You know, you watch it. You know, time and time again with Brownstown, they, they race from right down against the Uke tires to the very top of the racetrack, and uh, you know. I just kind of wish that Lawrenceburg would maybe look at reconfiguring again where they could go all the way to the wall if they wanted to. Yeah, that's that track over there, man. It's tremendous on motors. Oh, yeah. We got breaking news? Uh, I was I was just looking. We had <coughs> had some other people. Uh, Steve Peden said way too wide, which goes right along with what we're yeah. saying. Just, just They're just you get them spread out there's not as many racing groups it, that, no, no, don't get me wrong i love the speed that that place oh produces. absolutely that, that is, you know cj Lurie. they interviewed him before the feature event that's what he said you know it's one of the fastest racetracks they go to and and i'll give them that but just i think they can stay that fast and still if they could race the whole racetrack figure out a way to get on the whole racetrack all right then let's let's go ahead and do this who ends up winning this weekend at the paul crockett so we don't even know who's coming. I'm gonna say Greg Johnson's gonna repeat because he got robbed the night him and Devin raced. You know Devin will be back, so I think he's gonna come because he made that comment the last time he won that he knew Devin wasn't there, but they were getting some new stuff. He actually blew the motor up the last time we won at Brownstown, and uh, I think he feels like he's got something to prove with Devin in the house. So I'm gonna go with the wild thing. I'd like to pick Tyler Carpenter, but I'm afraid you'll make fun of me i will <laughs> no, I, uh, I can't do that um at all um <laughs> at all uh that bandwagon i you know if you get anywhere near st louis man that thing is packed full that's what you off. said no poor west virginia boy for me <laughs> <laughs> poor west virginia boy he has a three hundred thousand toter home he well, it's not in. his oh okay he borrowed yeah, it. yeah people just loan those out all i the time. don't have anyone to borrow one from that's the problem i don't even know those <laughs> uh people to get it but uh but no uh all right i'll take i'll go my the way i go all the time I'll i knew i knew where you see i opened the door for you i know i was gonna let you go first but i'll take the 1g I opened the door right for you. I, I knew that's where he's gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> I support him, man. I take him. I, I'll I'll ride with you, Devin. I mean, he's not a bad pick. I just you know, but Greg, I knew you were gonna go Greg Johnson. Greg's one of my. And if Scott James there, I'll, I'll take that eighty three car. I believe that. 
So, you know, it, 17J or 83, I'll be happy with either one of them. <laughs> All what, right. are you, what are you thinking, Rob? I, don't, I, I better not say who I'd pick. You know, that's, that, that not my, that's not a good thing in being in the flag stand. Yeah, he <laughs> black flags somebody. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be yeah. Gilpin leading, and his guys in second. Gilpin will get black flagged, and no, no I, I, I will say this: Rob's been around racing long I enough know that, that 100%. never, never ever happened there. So no, yeah, I'm dead straight up fair to everybody. I no, believe no that. No matter who you are. Even, I just, I just even if you're Mike Marler coming right underneath the flag stand. Even if you're Mike Marler. <laughs> yeah. Mike, that, that has to be scary, man, because like you said, there's a bar right behind you. You can't just jump out. Bar and a cable. Yeah, you're hooked. You <laughs> yeah, are right exactly. there. And do you really want to jump out landing them cement uh, press boxes that are at the bottom? That's, you know, that's... Yeah, it's it's an iffy thing right there on that. There's no good answer. <laughs> There's no good answer. No. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's kind of like the question on they do on the radio. You know, would you rather? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, they took the, the flag stand down for Fair Week last year. So we show up Thursday for the Thursday night race, Fair Race, and our old flagger, Bart King, he climbs up in there, and he's standing out on the end like you are, and he looks down. They only put one bolt in the flag stand. Oh crap! Yeah, when they put it back up, they only put one bolt in it for the Thursday night race. So he was up there and was afraid to move much that the thing was going to fall off into the front stretch. So he's yelling on his radio, "Hey, can someone come down here and help me with this?" Because yeah, they they forgot to bolt the flag stand all the way in when Ooh. they put it back up. So uh, at least we didn't have fair week this week and, we're, and or this year and worry about that. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know it is a it is a weird week because we should be racing tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, should be. Usually is Thursday night. Friday yeah, yeah. Night, yeah, they they yeah. play thurs, race Thursday and then they race Saturday. You know, we get two races in that week at Fair Week and 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 going back to our one hundredth episode, it was two years ago that we stood there in the barn and interviewed Tyler and Carrie Kane, but had the tractor or the track truck and tractor pulls going on behind so we had to pause every 15 seconds yeah, to wait a, for the, the truck pull to go by yeah that was you know we thought we were doing a great thing you know we're going to be live at the jackson county fair come by and say hey to us and we'd ask a question and then we'd have to wait for the yeah. the pull to get finished and then they would answer yeah, so hey tyler was, how you feel about this week <laughs> all right go ahead yeah. <laughs> throttled up was cutting edge we thought yeah we we learned real quick just stay in the studio yeah go back home all right man well we're at an hour and rob i want to say this i i know that um you know you didn't start out this year to be the flagman at, at brownstown but i want to say thank you um i said it to all the people that work over there because as a race fan um you know and it's easy to forget about the people that that work there and i know that some people will say well you get paid to go over there but we've talked before it's every saturday night you're not getting rich off of it no you do it because you love the sport exactly and thank you for what you do to to go over there and keep the races going yeah you know what i mean it's you know it's like nikki said last week when you guys had her on here you know i mean you're there to track you don't get rich at it but you know i mean people become so good of friends it's like family mm -hmm. you know and and you know and i just want to throw this out right here you know for race car drivers and uh, pit crews and all that don't go cussing and getting all mad at any of the workers there you know what i mean yes it's, it's not their fault you know what i mean they're there to help support the track too you know like I say you don't get rich doing this no. no and a lot of times they're they're not involved in the call that was made or even if they are like even in your situation you know 
it's easy. Let's say you decide a guy jumped the star. It's easy to say, well, that's ridiculous. That's how you saw it. Whether you agree with you or not, that was your perception and the way you saw it. There's no reason to lose your mind about it. Just no. get back in and get but, after it. But I think you see things different in a car oh, 100%. than you do when you're out of the car. And you race, Rob. I, I'm sure oh, you yeah. can verify that. You, yes. You're like, no, there's no way. And then you go back and watch a video and you're like, oh, I, yeah, I guess I did. Exactly. I but mean, going back to my coaching days, I don't know how many times, and that's where I kind of started to tone myself down a little bit. I chewed an official that they totally blew something. I, my famous quote was always, I'll send you the film when I cut it. And I'd go back and watch the film, and I'd eat crow because I'm like, nah, they, they they had it right. Yeah. But in the moment, <laughs> you don't you don't think that. So. I know. Yeah. And, and most of the time, you know, that will bite you in the ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. You're better yeah. off to yeah. shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just be just cool down a little bit before you yeah. know. If you just go up and talk about it, things go so much better. Hundred percent. You don't know yeah. how many times, man. We've been up in the tower, and you know, I'm announcing the next race, and you hear somebody trying to beat the door in. <laughs> And that driver jerks the door open, and you know it's like just calm down. You know, come and talk to us. Yeah, you know, you know, of all the years I've raced, I've never ever got hate for nothing to any official at a racetrack. Never. There's really not a future in it. You know, it's just no. I mean, all you do is make things really kind of worse. You know, as you go along for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're asking for it. You know, any little <laughs> thing. You know, then you're going to get. Yeah, you put a microscope on yourself. I mean, exactly. why, why, yeah. <laughs> why bring it on like that? So, 110%, I agree with you. Don't Just understand that, you know, and I, what I was getting at there, but a lot of the people that have to come deliver the news to some of these guys, they're not the one making the decision. They're not mm-hmm. the one. They're just the, the messenger that's bringing it to you, and, and they don't have the control to change things. And you well, know, like, like Nikki said last week, they go down there and start yelling at them girls in the in the pit shack, and they can't even see the racetrack. They don't even know what happened. That's what I mean. I mean, yeah. you know, these these guys, you know, these drivers don't need to get on to none of the officials. And and I will agree with something you said too, when you said crew and other people around, because in this not knocking anybody, a lot of times the drivers level headed and like exactly. I right, like I get it. But the guy sitting over in the pit side that watches it from there, he saw it differently too. And he's already losing his mind ripping somebody when the driver comes in. It's like, ah, you, or, or the brother and sister yeah. or aunt and uncle that sits in the grandstands. Yeah. And like, you know, you know what? I did jump the start there. I, I did get into yeah. him and maybe we ought to just load up and go yeah. home. So just yeah. chill a little bit. Yeah. I know it's a high, you know, high emotion sport, but that's what the warnings for, you know, on your first jump start, you know, yeah. you, you're warned, you know, so I mean, don't get excited. You do it again you know hey it's your fault so you know don't be getting all pissed off about it and i've never been there i would think as a driver that's the worst thing you could do is you're probably more likely to jump the start again you get all emotional and work you need to get yourself back and just roll with it yeah so all right well hey you want to see rob he'll be back up in the flag stand this saturday night for the paul crockett memorial there at uh, brownstown speedway uh make sure you get out watch the 1g drive around uh greg johnson for the win on Hmm. saturday night um (laughs) weather permitting uh i I would bet you but you don't follow through on your bets so i know i did forget (laughs) i did fail 100 percent. don't disagree at all was supposed to wear a uh a darf t-shirt and i did not i think you just need to wear one now it says i'm a loser That wouldn't be I mean, sh- I know I know a girl lives lives here that can make T-shirts. That wouldn't be shocking to anyone. 
if I wore an I'm a loser t-shirt. Are you going to put a number on the back of it? <laughs> well, Dustin's always number one in my book. <laughs> I think you knew where I was going with that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, again. Join us next week. Isaac Rainey and Robert Rainey, new driver there, going to be in here, and we're going to get to talk to them. And I'm excited about that, not only to hear Robert's perspective, but, man, if you've seen some of the the photos that Marcus caught of Isaac overlooking, I I don't know there's a guy that just beams pride more Mm -hmm. than Isaac looking over Robert in that car. Like, even when Isaac's won races and he's been in victory lane, it doesn't look the same as the way he looks when Robert's out there. So I'm excited to hear. Well, you know what it's like to be tag. a proud papa, man. I mean, it goes that goes absolutely. You you want your kids to always do better than you ever did, and I think you know Isaac shows that every Saturday night at the racetrack. You know, for the last the last two weeks that uh, that Robert's been in that car unit, he's assumed the role of, of dad and car owner very very well. Yeah, it was the same look that Rob had when he came in and talked about how fast his daughter got him here tonight. I mean, it was the <laughs> same pride and just it just unbelievable feeling that they made it and safely. Yeah. Wish I had a five point belt in her car, <laughs> <laughs> full containment seat. Yeah, I as close as I've been to a racing seat in probably ten years. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Rob, man, I, again, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having um, me. This was fun. I appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Anytime. All right, guys, join us next week. We'll see you. <laughs>